Welcome to Daily Daf Different, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Duff Differently. I'm Rabbi Utsteyer, and today we will be studying Duff 21, Kaf Aleph, in the first chapter of Mosechet Rosh Hashanah. This is a very short Duff, as you see. In the middle of the page, we find an account of Rava. Rava have ragil da hava yativ betaanita treyome. Rava was accustomed to fasten to fasten for two days on Yom Kippur. Once it turned out that he was right, and the second day was actually Yom Kippur. The second day Yom Tov was introduced for communities outside Eretz Israel to ensure that the Chag was observed on the right day, because mistakes could happen. So theoretically, Yom Kippur too should be observed for two days. But fasting for two consecutive days would be too much, so communities outside Eretz Israel rely that Elul will be a chaser month, meaning a month consisting of 29 days. Rava's practice was a personal stringency, and one that luckily didn't take root. The following account of Rav Nachman tells a story <clears throat> when right before the breaking of the fast, Rav Nachman receives news from a messenger that the following day is the true Yom Kippur, and Rav Nachman realizes now that he would have to fast for two consecutive days. This seems to contradict what I said previously, but it actually describes a case in which a person for some reason fasts on the wrong day and then finds out the correct day. The person then will have to fast again, indeed. Rav Nachman's bad luck was that he received the news before he even had the time to eat something. Now, the Mishnah on top of 21b reads, Al shnei chodashim mechalilin et hashabbat, al nisan ve'al tishrei, on behalf of two new moons, witnesses may desecrate Shabbat. On behalf of Nisan and Tishrei. Because on them, messengers were sent out to go to Syria, and in them the proper days for the Chagim are established. And when the Beit HaMikdash was still standing, witnesses desecrated Shabbat on account of all new moons, so that the proper occasions for the Rosh Chodesh sacrifices could be set. The obvious question that comes to mind, and the Gemara also asks, is that this seems to contradict the previous Mishnah, where we learned, Al Shisha Chodashim Hashluchin Yotzin. On account of these six new moons, messengers are sent out. The Gemara answers this by explaining that the messengers are indeed sent out on account of these six new moons, but only for two of them is it allowed to desecrate Shabbat. <clears throat> Originally, Shabbat was transgressed for all festivals, but since the destruction of the temple and the discontinuation of the sacrifices, Shabbat is only transgressed for the new moon of Nisan and Tishrei. The next Mishnah on 21b continues with the discussion of witnesses that come to testify 
about the new moon. בין שנראה בעליל, בין שלא נראה בעליל, מחללין עליו את השבת. No matter whether the new moon was clearly visible or not, witnesses may transgress Shabbat in order to testify. Rabbi Yossi has a limitation. אם נראה בעליל, אין מחללין עליו השבת. If the new moon was clearly visible, one doesn't desecrate the Shabbat. This sounds surprising, for one would have thought that when the moon isn't clearly visible and there is doubt, it would be more logical not to pray Shabbat. Rashi explains, Lefi she'ein tzorech, because there is no need. Meaning what? Rabbi Yossi's logic is that in a case where the new moon is clearly visible, more people will have seen it, including some that live close to the Beit Din, within the Trom Shabbat, and hence can testify without breaking Shabbat, so there is no need for others to do so. That was, that's what Rashi means with Lefisha and Zorech. Let's continue in the Mishnah. Ma'aseh she'avru yoter mi'arba'im zuk ve'ikvam Rabbi Akiva Belud. Shalach lo Rabban Gamliel im me'akev at... It once happened that more than 40 pairs of witnesses came to Lut, and Rabbi Akiva kept them there. Rabban Gamliel, who at that point was the Nasi of the Beit Din in Yavne, sent word to him saying, If you detain them, you will cause them to become negligent about it in the future. Apparently Rabbi Akiva did not want to cause all these pairs of witnesses to violate Shabbat, meaning Rabbi Akiva is here in, in agreement with Rabbi Yossi. And Rabbi Akiva figured that it was a clearly a, a visible new month, and if he has 40 pairs of witnesses on his hands in Lud, there'll be plenty of witnesses in immediate neighborhood of the Beit Din, and none of them would have to violate Shabbat to testify. So, so Rabbi Akiva thinks, it would make sense to keep the 40 pairs in Lud. But Rabban Gamliel points to another rationale. The people are excited to fulfill this mitzvah, to come and to testify that they saw the new moon. If we start to restrict who and how many are allowed to come and turn back the others, we take, a, we take away a positive experience of engaging in a mitzvah from all those people. The result might be that they stop care about it, thinking that chances are they are being turned back the next time as well. Or it might happen that the testimonies of those near are all invalidated, and more pairs of witnesses are needed, but none of them showed up, because they were either detained or stopped making the journey. The importance of keeping the people involved and excited about the performance of a mitzvah can sometimes override questions of strict necessity. This is what we learn here. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.